0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. We've all had those days or weeks when no matter what we do, it's impossible to sit still and focus There's a constant wave of thoughts, anxiety, restlessness, and energy that create an endless tunnel of distraction. Getting even one task done can feel like trying to run a marathon. Some who are listening may feel this way all the time or see these traits in their own kids. While these symptoms can point to a developmental disorder like ADHD, experts say it's hasty to jump to this conclusion without looking at the entire picture. In recent years, especially following the pandemic, there's been a lot of coverage around the over of certain behavioral disorders. One common narrative has been the overprescription of addictive stimulant drugs like Adderall, which is used to treat ADHD. Dr. Ellen Broughton, a clinical child psychologist, believes that there are multiple layers to the issue.
1: We think that maybe females are underdiagnosed in general. So there's that issue. But there's also the issue of some adolescents might be overdiagnosed, that there is certain group of kids who may be getting medication for their symptoms because they're just overstressed and overworked. And so they're struggling and they're getting medication for symptoms that aren't really quite ADHD. And then there's also the issue of misdiagnosis. So ADHD can look an awful lot, like anxiety. When we're anxious, we have trouble paying attention. We might even be sort of agitated and look hyperactive. Trauma can mask symptoms of ADHD or look like ADHD. And depression can also lead us to be sort of disorganized, have trouble concentrating. And then kids with learning disabilities and adults with learning disabilities might not have the right kind of treatment for their readings, or their math skills. And so it can look like they're not paying attention when really the primary problem is reading math academics. Dr. Ellen Broughton is an
0: expert on ADHD and other childhood disorders. She's an associate professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School and is also the executive director of the Learning and Emotional Assessment Program at Massachusetts General Hospital. Broughton
1: breaks down the three different kinds of ADHD. The first kind of ADHD is what we call predominantly hyperactive impulsive type. That's the sort of ADHD that everybody sort of thinks about. The child who's running around the room, can't sit still, always talking. And then there's another type of ADHD that oftentimes goes unrecognized. And that's what we call predominantly inattentive subtype, where a person has more difficulty paying attention. And then there's a third subtype, which is the combined subtype. And that's actually the most common. That means that the person has some symptoms of impulsivity, hyperactivity, and also inattention.
0: In the U.S., in recent years, ADHD diagnoses have been on the rise in children and adults. What's driving this increase?
1: What we've also learned more recently is that there are lots of adults with ADHD who never got diagnosed as kids because either it went unrecognized by the adults around them or because For women, for example, we know that females with ADHD tend to have more of the inattentive subtype, so they don't come to clinical attention. They're not on the radar screen of teachers and parents because they're more dreamy. They seem oftentimes to get not in trouble as much as the typical boys with ADHD who tend to have more of the hyperactive impulsive symptoms. So there are lots of reasons why adults might not get diagnosed Broughton explains that ADHD is a brain-based
0: neurodevelopmental disorder that typically shows up before the age of 12. She says this is important to know because if you're now noticing symptoms as an adult, it could point to depression, anxiety, or something else. To add another layer of complexity, there's no formal brain scan or test that can show a physical indication of ADHD. Currently, it's
1: classified as a behavioral diagnosis. So we have to look at the behaviors of a particular child And those behaviors have to happen more than just in one place. So it can't be that a child's just hyperactive and impulsive at home, but not at school or vice versa. So one of the things that we wanna do as we're diagnosing ADHD is to look at whether or not those symptoms are present in two or more locations. Because if it's only at school, it might be a problem at school and not a problem with the child. And then there are also other tests that we can give that help us understand something called executive function skills. And kids and adults with ADHD tend to struggle with executive functions, which refers to a collection of cognitive or thinking processes that allow us to strategize, to organize, to accomplish tasks that are oftentimes unorganized.
0: Another factor to consider is if someone in the family also
1: has ADHD we don't know right now that there's a single gene that causes ADHD. And it's probably more that multiple genes are involved in the development of this disorder. And so if you have ADHD, there's a greater chance that you might have a child with ADHD. And also I find that adults, parents get diagnosed in the course of me diagnosing their children because they say, my child's just like me and could I have ADHD too? And it also, I think understanding the genetic component of ADHD can really help parents and caregivers recognize that this is not under the child's control, that this behavior is not their fault. It's also not due to poor parenting. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss. In
0: fact, ADHD is one of the most common childhood disorders. In the U.S., the National Survey of Children's Health, a data and research organization, conducted surveys between 2016 and 2019 to better understand the rate of ADHD in younger populations. The findings showed that almost 9% of Americans between the ages of 3 and 17 have a current diagnosis for the disorder. This equates to 5.3 million children and adolescents. In adults, the research isn't as widespread. However, the National Comorbidity Survey polled about 3,200 adults between the ages of 18 and 44. The results showed that about 4.5% of respondents had been diagnosed with ADHD. One important item of note is that not all children who have ADHD will live with it for the rest of their lives. Research shows that 50% grow out of the disorder and don't exhibit symptoms in adulthood. As for treating ADHD, there's a lot of data showing how medication can effectively reduce symptoms. In fact, almost two-thirds of those diagnosed take meds.
1: Medication for ADHD is one of the most prescribed and most studied medications in the world. And so compared to other medications, it's incredibly safe. Broughton adds
0: that a combination of medication, behavioral therapy, and special accommodations is the best approach when treating ADHD. Some of these changes can be giving a person extra time on a test or having a separate space or way of learning that's more conducive to their success. And these adjustments don't have to be permanent. For many adults with ADHD, there may be large stretches in life where it doesn't feel necessary to be on medication or have special arrangements anymore. So, if you're listening to this story and feel like you or someone you know can relate to some of these struggles or symptoms, it doesn't hurt to make an appointment with a doctor. There are several resources that can make a difference. Broughton recommends keeping these tips in mind when meeting with a behavioral health professional.
1: The takeaway is to make sure that if you're concerned about an ADHD diagnosis, that you go to a person who is reputable, who knows a lot about ADHD and is going to spend quite a bit of time talking to you about the symptoms and really giving a lot of information about why they think the diagnosis is appropriate.
0: To find out more about this topic and our guest, Dr. Ellen Broughton, visit ViewpointsRadio.org. To get more info and resources on ADHD, check out the organization CHAD, which stands for Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. The organization's website is chadd.org. Also, check out Dr. Broughton's book, Bright Kids Who Couldn't Care Less, now available in select bookstores and online. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This segment was written by our executive producer, Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week.
1: Since the 2020 census,
0: San Francisco lost over 40,000 people, uh, about a 5% decline. What was once hot is now not. Understanding the population peaks
1: and dips across America. Then... We've spent billions of dollars enforcing cannabis laws. And this is money that, in the neighbourhoods that have been most targeted, isn't going to schools, to hospitals, community centres.
0: Making amends for the war on cannabis. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.